You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. It's so good to be back with you guys. That was good for my soul to be away, but uh, I truly missed you and missed being here. And uh, my idea of a vacation is getting to where I can't get a cell signal, so it's wonderful. I, uh, you know, I must admit it's a little strange coming back. I'm like, what happened? Who broke the world when I came back? Like, COVID's worse than it was, and Afghanistan? What in the world? You know, just it's a little, little strange in the middle of that. But we had a great time and did some backpacking and canoeing back in the wilderness in the Adirondacks, and it was a fun time, really good time. Um, Speaking of that, this morning I want to share with you about praise, what it means to praise the Lord. And I'm a little surprised it took us this long all the way to the second, you know, way past Psalm 100 to to hit that topic because the Psalms are so rich. They're a heart of devotion toward God of how we live life. And we talked about that early on, just how it it touches our heart and touches our soul. And we see the, the heart of God in all of it in so much of the Bible that we discover from Genesis to Revelation that we should be a people that praise God. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning. What does it mean to praise God? Why we should praise God? When uh, my family and I, we backpacked, I don't know, five or six miles into um, to Faro Lake up in the wilderness that's up north of uh, Whitehall. And we got there, kind of got to the campsite, and it was brutally hot. And the bugs were the worst that I've ever experienced and kind of like to the degree of, why are we doing this? Like, we... I did not know these were going to be this bad, but you're in there, you got to deal with it. And we just had gotten there and kind of enjoying the view of the lake, beautiful lake, kind of wildernessy. And like, we didn't see anybody the whole day, probably because of the bugs. Like, we were the only ones dumb enough out there. But uh, anyway, we're sitting there just as we were admiring the view. We looked to the right, and uh, about 80 yards away, a bear just had walked along this big log of tree and just kind of stood there and looked at us, you know, just. It was awesome. It wasn't sizing us up for dinner. Like, it wasn't one of those deals, all right? It wasn't like, eh, I don't know. I'm not too worried. I think I can outrun most of my kids, so, or at least half of them. But um, anyway, but it was, it was awesome. It just stood there, looked at us, you know, and just for like 10 or 15 seconds got to enjoy that. And I just, I'm simple-minded. I just admired that, and it just, I thought it was the coolest thing in, in the world. So, you know, that's what praise is in a way. Praise is you and I, instead of looking at something like a bear, it's you and I looking at God. And we're amazed at what we see. We're amazed at who He is. We're amazed at what He does. It's you and I taking time to focus in, to think with our mind, to let it sink into our soul, to let it even affect our bodies and to change our lifestyle as we see the glory of God on high, of all that He is. Praise is you and I worshiping and honoring the God of heaven. And it's so important as a part of our regular day of life, not just something that we do on Sunday morning. I so enjoyed the music this morning. I'm so grateful for our team that every week just puts in the hard work to help lead us into to praise. But as we're going to see this morning, praise should be a lifestyle. It should be something that is a part of every day, every day of our life, us reflecting the glory of our God and what He's done in this world. So turn with me, if you would, and look at Psalm 113. Psalm 113. If, you've, uh, if you're doing the Psalm Challenge, the Summer in the Psalms Challenge, this is about where you should be. But if you're like me, I'm a slacker. I'm about six or seven chapters behind. So 
If you're further than that, it's okay. Just keep going. You know, no big deal. This is not a race. Whoever comes in first doesn't matter. Only God knows, and it doesn't matter. So you just keep reading and keep, keep on trucking. But read with me in Psalm 113, if you would. The Bible says this, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. You get the sense that God wants us to praise Him, that it's something we ought to do? Read in verse 4. The Lord is high above all nations. I'm grateful for that. And His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and on the earth? He raises the poor from the dust, and He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of His people. He gives the barren woman a home, makes her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Well, I want you to notice three reasons that why we should praise God, praise the Lord, as the Bible says here. And the first thing I want us to recognize is it's what we were made for. We were made to praise God. That's the purpose for which God made us as people. You know, a screw is made to be screwed into a wall. A picture is made to be hung and displayed and demonstrated. We, we were made to praise God in heaven. So when you and I are not praising God, we're missing entirely our purpose in life. And whenever you miss your purpose in life, it's just not as good. So often we think, well, God, what did you make me for? What should we do? And we kind of obsess over that sometimes. And even when we're younger, I don't know what God wants to do. What should I do in life? Well, let's start with the general things. What God wants all of us to do, doesn't matter whether you're young, middle, or old, is we should praise God. We should praise Him consistently and praise Him constantly. That praise is you and I admiring God for who He, who he is. It's the purpose for which we've made. Have you ever seen a young bride or young bride-to-be um, who gets the, the engagement ring, you ever notice they tend to they play with it? They kind of, you know, it's just they admire it, and they look, they value, they see, and, and, they, and it gives them nice warm fuzzies, I think, thinking about that day and planning and all of that kind of stuff and all of those things. You see, that's what you and I are toward, to be toward God. We're to value. We're to admire God. It's we focus in on what we value, what we value, what is important to us. You know, maybe it's been so long if, if, if since you had that lady you don't remember, or maybe you've not uh, been married. You know, but think back to something you've bought that you've liked, or maybe that new picture on the wall, or that, that new piece of clothing, or a car you bought, or something. But don't you kind of, you step back, don't you kind of linger and look at it, you check it out because you value it, and it's special, and you think about it. And that's what God is telling us, is that we are to praise Him. We are to recognize Him and all that He is and all of His glory. We're to value that, to fix our hearts upon Him and to, to worship and give Him honor that is due Him. Now, notice that the Bible says that we are to praise the name of the Lord. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but the Bible mentions that so often that we sing about the name of the Lord. We sing about the name Jesus, the, uh, the, the, the Son of God who came to die on the cross for our sins. So when we praise God, we, the Bible often tells us to praise His name. And the reason is, is because the name embodies all that God is. 
Think about a contractor who has his or her name, you know, on the van and drives around. It gets recognized by their name. They're recognized by the quality of the work, recognized by the work they do. Their reputation rises and falls, and ultimately their company rises and falls on that workmanship, and it's attached to their name. Well, it's the same way with God. You and I praise God's name because His name is, is embodies all of His work, all that He is, and all that He has done and He ever will do. And we are to pray specifically the name of the Lord. I don't know if you noticed, but seven times in this passage, the, the word Lord is used. In fact, the word God is only used one time, but the word Lord is seven. So the, the, the word God is God's title. It's, it's, he is God. He's deity. That's His title. Whenever you see the word Lord, capital L, small o-r-d, that just that's kind of God's rank. Think in military terms. It means God's in charge. He's boss. He's Lord. But when we see capital L, O, capital R, capital D, like we see in this passage, that is the name of God. God is not His name. God is His title. The Lord, all capitals, is His personal name. And we should be astounded that the God of the universe, who made all in which we see and all in which we experience our entire life, who are in superintends, as we just read, sits high above the heavens and looks down on everything, bothered to take time to even share His name with us, let alone to know us. That is the name that He gave Moses at the burning bush, that He revealed to Himself, the I am that I am, as the Bible says. The one who is, who is self-existent, who is eternal, who is all-sufficient in and of Himself, from which, the one from which everything finds their existence and being. That is the one that you and I should continually praise and be in awe of. It's something that we should do from the beginning in the morning, when we get up and our feet hit the floor till we go to bed at night, from the rising of the sun to the setting of that, we are to praise the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that you need to be listening to worship music 24-7. Most of you have jobs in which that is not a reality, you know. But what it is telling us is, is that throughout that day and every day, our heart and our life and everything about us should be lived as a reflection and lived in a reality of the praise of the God on high. That there's never a moment in your day when you and I should not step back and just say, God, you are amazing. God, I can't, I can't get over this. That we should sit there kind of in, in awe of those things. That we should be amazed at, at who God is and the fact that He knows us and the fact that He sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, for us. And it should be, should be something that impacts us every day and throughout the day, no matter what is going on in our world. You see, as we do those kinds of things, as we praise God, what happens is, is it changes our perspective of the world around us. And it, it, the greatest reality in this world is not your perception of reality of what's going on around you. You ever perceive somebody or situation one way, and then you find out a few days later, oh, I had that all wrong. <laughs> that person was actually trying to be nice to me, and I thought they were being a jerk. I totally misread that. You see, you and I perceive things inappropriately or wrongly often. The greatest reality that this world ever has or ever will know is God Himself. 
And when you and I spend our time praising God, we stay in that real world, if you will, and it becomes increasingly a reality into our subjective world around us. We praise Him. Now one thing before I move on to, to give us the second reason why we praise Him, I want you to notice who praises the Lord. Verse 1 says, Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Bible says that it's the servants of the Lord that are to praise Him. Psalm 150, it's, it's significant that the whole book of Psalms ends focusing on praising God. And the last, the last words that the Bible, or that Psalms talks about is that we should be praising God, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And in case you didn't get it, it said, praise the Lord a second time. You know, when the Bible tells you something once, it's important. When it says it twice, it's really important. When it says it twice in a row, you better pay attention and make note. Praise the Lord. That's what our life is to be a reflection of. But it's, it's the servants of the Lord that praise Him. Everything that has breath, not just every person, but everything, the deer and the sheep and the grasshoppers and the crickets and I guess even the worms and we can even throw the mosquitoes in there. Most of me came back out of the woods. Some of me is still there. I think my DNA is kind of floating around in the gene pool and whatever the mosquitoes you know, managed to get of me. But, but, um, but we're to, to, to praise God constantly and consistently and everything that has breath should do that. But there is a special praising of the Lord that those who are His servants are to praise Him. You see, the real praise of God comes when you become a servant of the Lord, when He becomes your personal Lord, when He becomes God to you, when He becomes the one who is in charge of your life, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You see, this isn't just written to the average ordinary person on the planet walking around. This is a special challenge written to those to whom to those who have a relationship with God as His servants, those who have bent their knee and yielded their life, who've seen their sin and what things that they've done wrong and recognized their guilt and recognized their shame and have said, Jesus, I know you died to pay for that. I know that I'm guilty. Would you forgive me? And I surrender, I bow my knee, I bow my neck to you to receive you as my Lord, as my boss. You are my Savior. When we take that step of faith, putting our full faith and trust and surrender to Him, we become a servant of the Lord. You see, it's only people that understand that salvation, only those who understand that forgiveness, who experience what that is like to feel that guilt, to feel that shame, to feel that wrong, that that, that junk in their heart, and then also at the same time to discover the forgiveness of their God. Those are the ones that truly praise the Lord. It's for His children. It's for His servants. Second thing I want you to notice, not only is praise what we were made for, it's what God designed us for as people, and we, we lost that when we sinned and disobeyed God, but God brings us back into that relationship when we surrender to Jesus as Lord of our life and we praise Him. It's our whole purpose, 
what we should live and how we should reflect that in, in our life, how we should speak that and consider and think on those things. But it's also that praise. The second reason we should praise Him is because it changes us. It, it, it changes our life. Look at what verse 4 says. The Lord is high above all nations. I'm so grateful for that truth. I'm so grateful that no matter what conflicts and chaos and confusions and rules and scandals and corruptions and violence and craziness and whatever, that I can know that the Lord is high above all of that. He's untouchable. He sits in authority over all of those things. His glory is above the heavens. We still have as of yet as people to find the edge of the universe. I'm not so sure it's out there. I'm not a physicist. I'm not that smart. I haven't read all of these crazy guys and all this stuff. I know nothing about black holes and all of that weirdness. My suspicion is there is no end to it. And the Bible says that God sits above all of that. His vastness is amazing. It's trying to expand our view of God. See, too often as people, we're trying to bring God down here to kind of get our hands around Him. We've got to bring God to understand and bring Him down here. And what the Bible tries to do is like, no, you kind of got that backwards. You need to come up here and get a better picture of who I am in reality and ruling the world around us. You see, God is the only one that has this kind of authority. Where does the President of the United States get his or her authority? From the people, from the Constitution. That's where that authority comes from. Only God, in and of Himself, intrinsically, because of who He is, has authority. Nothing else on the planet has that. Everything else finds its authority from some other place. Only God has that kind of authority that because He is God, because He is Lord, because He is the I Am, He rules and reigns over that world. And when you and I praise Him, we're seeing and we're thinking about that. And we stand back in awe. And it's not just something that we're amazed at, but it's, it's not something we say, oh, I'm happy today. I'm just praising God. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm going to praise God today. That's good. and That's appropriate. But it's more than that. You see, that praise is what changes our life. Praise is important, not just because it's what God deserves. That's the third thing I'm going to talk about in just a minute. But it's also important because it, it changes us. God deserves it, but it impacts our life. You see, when we praise God, it puts things in order, and it puts us where we ought to be in the picture in relation to God. I hung up uh, in, our, in the family room that we redid this past year. We've kinda, we kind of we like the outdoors. You guys know that. And we kind of made it like an Adirondack-themed kind of room. So there's different things in there, a lot of wood and that. My sister even said, like, there's a lot of wood here, Sean. I'm like, yeah, like... Well, let's add some more, you know, we can do like, I don't want to paint any of the wood in here, like sacrilege. So we, we had a, a, a canoe paddle. It's a nice, just a pretty canoe paddle, nothing special, but I hung it above the door yesterday and I wanted to get it, you know, get it level. It was a little tricky because there was no straight lines on it, but I wanted it to look right. I wanted it to be square and fit and centered and all of that good stuff. That's what praise does for you and for me. You see, when we praise God, we recognize, God, you're up there. 
God, you are awesome. God, you are in control. God, you are the I am. And God, I am down here. It frames us where we should be in the world, and it puts God where God should be in the world. And when you and I go throughout our day in that way, it begins to fix all the things around us. See, most of the stuff in our mind that we get all worried over and bent out of shape over and, and obsess over and this and that, the real problem is, is we just lose that picture. And what praise does, and when you praise Him from the time your feet hit the floor, when you're, when you're having breakfast and you're brushing your teeth, and when you get into the car and you head off to work, or you head into meetings and head into this situation or that situation, and, and when you come home and deal with all of that, and when you lay your head on the pillow, you're still praising God. What's happening is inside of you is your perspective of life. Everything is square and right in the world. Yes, you've got problems in the middle of that. Yes, there's frustration. Yes, there's headaches. Yes, there's challenges. But everything's okay because you see God is on His throne. You see God in all of His fantastic glory. You see God doing what God does. And you see you where you are. And you're humble. And you're a servant. And you're an obedient child of the Most High God. When you face those temptations, you praise God. Because God is more valuable to you than the temptation that's luring you. And you find it easier to say no. When you fall, you're tempted to worry beyond what you should, what's appropriate for a child of God. You can resist that. You can say, God, I'm going to trust you. When somebody insults you along the way, you let it roll off your back a lot easier because you say, God, what you think of me is more important to me than what that person thinks of me. I don't need to build my own pride up. I don't need to find my pride and my self-esteem or existence in other people. God, I, I find it in you. When you become insecure in your heart, which by the way, insecurity is just a, the flip side of pride. You're finding, trying to find your own self-identity and all of that. But when, that, when you're tempted to pride and insecurity or identity to be found in things that shouldn't be, those things begin to wash away. Why? Because your eye is fixated and focusing on the God of heaven. And you've got the right picture in your world. It changes you. It shapes your world. It changes everything about you. Now, can we live in that world 24-7? Pragmatically, no, because we're sinful people. If we did, God wouldn't tell us to do it. God tells us to do it because it's not that easy to always praise God. and it's, We are highly tempted to find our identity elsewhere and to fall and value other things and other places, and we, we lose that picture. But we're told and we're challenged to praise God constantly from the time we get up to the time we go to bed in our consciousness to praise the God of heaven it changes our life completely. Third thing, why we should praise God is because God deserves it. Even if it didn't affect us or change us, we should still praise Him because He is God. He alone is the I Am. I mean, if I can geek out and nerd over a little bear on the trees, or if I can nerd out over a turtle. We had a pet turtle over the week. We, we canoed in like five miles into a wilderness area. and camp. If you want to go see, meet Carl, you can go to Campsite 14 on Lowe's Lake. He'll be there. Or Carla, I'm not so sure. It, 
he or she does not have a sexual a gender identity issue, but we just aren't smart enough to know if it was a boy or a girl. But either way, Carl showed up every morning and every night faithfully looking for food. Like, it was very obvious. And we caught supper one night or one afternoon, and we left the fish tied to the boat because, you know, it was hot out and just like, we'll take care of them later. And Carl tried to eat our dinner, like kind of rude, you know, we kind of realized. So Carl caught Carl and transported Carl about 20 feet over. We were on a little peninsula to the other side, thought we'd take care of it, but Carl was pretty smart. Swam right around, back over on the other side. 15 minutes later, was right back at it. We're like, what are we going to do with you? But it kind of triggered in my mind, like, how do these snapping turtles live in the wintertime? Like, winter's coming, the leaves are already changing up there, and pretty soon there's going to be ice over it. And so I looked it up. You know how cool they are? They breathe air, they have to come up and a little snorkel, you know, in the summertime, but they are so amazing that what God did inside of them is they can, they spend the winter down in the mud and they can poke their little mouths out of the mud and they can take in oxygen out of the water. They don't have gills like fish, but they can just kind of absorb it into their mouth. I'm like, that's crazy cool. Like, how cool is that? You know, amazing. If we can praise God for little things, little nerdy things. We ought to be able to praise God for all the big stuff. And I don't know what your thing is. You might like other things. You Maybe you're a different kind of science person. Maybe you hate science. Maybe you find beauty in art or beautiful sunset or rainbows, whatever. But if we can praise God for all of that, we praise Him for simply who He is because He's God, because of all that He really is. There's two or three things that we should praise Him like buckets of things that we should praise God for. One is His creation. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. That we just see the glory of God all around us. That's why people love nature, by the way. You know, there's a thing now, is it forest bathing? Like sunbathing's a thing. Now there's forest bathing. Like I'm going to go bathe in the forest. That's a little weird to me, but there's... There's weird people out there. Well, all they're saying is, is they just like being in nature is all that's saying. Like they like the woods or whatever. I, I guess I've been a forest bather for years. I just never knew it. I was kind of cool before cool was in. But the, the reason people like nature and it's so peaceful is because they're seeing the direct handiwork of God in heaven. That's why they like it. Whether they know that God or not, they like it. And they enjoy it. And God made us to reflect on Him. So whether you know the God of heaven or not, when you look at her in awe of a beautiful sunset, whether whatever you see, you're, you're admiring the handiwork of God. So that's one area that we should step in and see. A second area that we should step in and see is what God has written. The things that God tells us. Truths that we learn about who God is in His Word. They should reflect into our soul. I was reading this past week and doing the Psalm Challenge, and, uh, and I hit the passage in, let's see, in Psalm 103, and it says this, and it was so, just blessed me, just made me feel so grateful that this is the kind of God that He is and that we know. The Bible says this, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. The bad side of it that we don't like is, is God will get angry with you, and He will chide you. He will 
Get on your case. But He won't do it forever. He'll forgive you. He does not deal with us according to our sins. In other words, He doesn't ever get after us as much as we deserve when we're a child of His. Nor does He repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. Amazing. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. You see, it's one thing to be amazed at God and the creation around us, which is amazing. But then we discover the character of God who's a just and holy God who, who cannot ignore sin and the things that we do wrong and who punished His own Son Jesus on the cross so that He could forgive us so He could be the God who doesn't always chide or chastise us or always come strongly toward us. But He forgives us. And to blow our mind, he says, the love, the everlasting love I have for you, if you could get above the far atmosphere and far beyond the, the, what the furthest galaxy that you, we can identify as people, my love is still bigger than that. It's greater than that. I can't fathom that. How many of you have been on a ship in the ocean? I mean, a cruise ship or any... Nobody's here in the Navy, right? There's very few. No, anybody Navy? No, none of you guys have been on it. I went on a cruise once without my wife. It was a meeting. It was actually cheaper to do the cruise than not. I don't ever recommend calling home and saying, "Honey, I, I got to go. I'm on the omelet line." You know, that's not a good thing when your wife's home dealing with, you know, whatever craziness is going on. But anyway, you get out in the ocean and you don't see land. You feel pretty small in the world. And what the Bible's telling us is God's love is greater than that. So it's beyond what you can ever see. It's beyond what you can ever personally experience. It's beyond what you can ever fathom or grasp. But His commitment is loving kindness and forgiveness. Folks, that's the stuff in our heart that He tells us in His Word that we should be amazed at constantly praising God for the things around us, for the things in His Word that He tells us that are true. And then the third bucket, for the, the situations that we see God in our life that just at work in small ways. And he shows up. Things that we just see like, That's, that can only be God. <laughs> only God could be the one who did that. You see, God is a God who's out there, but He's a God when you receive Jesus as Lord who's in here, lives inside of us, and He's a God that's intimately involved and acquainted in our life. And that we see Him helping in all the little things in our life. That's why we should praise Him. He deserves it. It changes us. It's what we were made for, but He deserves it. So what do you do when you struggle to praise God? What do you do when you struggle to give God credit for who He is? What do you do when you struggle and you're not seeing the beauty and majesty of God? When it's obscured? What do you do when you're in a situation that something's going on and you're just like, God, I'm feeling kind of neglected by you right now and I don't understand this. What do you do when you struggle in that world? Sometimes when we're not praising God, it's because we just are neglecting it. I'm not sitting right now at Favor Lake watching a bear, so I'm not quite as in awe as I was earlier, a few days ago. 
Right now I'm focused on something else. Sometimes we're just focused on stuff that's stuff and not on God. And so what this psalm is challenging us is to step back, sit down, put the cell phones down, close the laptop lid, and begin to reconsider and to think afresh and anew about who God really is in your life and to take stock in all the things that He's done. The, what His Word tells us, the things you see in the world around you, and the things you see in your own life. And then when things are happening in your life that you don't understand, you don't not praise God, but instead you remember and you trust God. See, sometimes things are happening that we don't quite like, God, this doesn't seem good. I don't, this isn't, this isn't good. I don't know why you think this is a good thing. And God's like, yeah, I know. But I need to grow you a little bit. It's going to ultimately be good for you. Sometimes God is like the drill sergeant. Like, guys, I'm being tough on you for a reason right now. You're headed into some battles and you need to be ready. Some guy, sometimes God is just purifying us, preparing us for heaven, preparing us for eternity with Him, and He's knocking some rough edges off us, and He does it because He loves us. And then sometimes He's just little things that are going on that are annoyances because He's saving us for bigger things. I had one of those things that was kind of busy trying to, every time you go for vacation, it's busy, right? I don't know why it's, and then you work like crazy when you come back, and it just, anyway. And uh, noticed, we noticed the car, I'd gotten the oil changed a couple of weeks ago, and it was leaking all over the garage. I'm like, like I don't have time to deal with this. But thankfully, I, I got it in. I'm glad I did, because I didn't know this, but apparently oil filters can be defective. The oil filter was, like, it wasn't sealing right, just wasn't on there, so I would have probably blown an engine driving up, you know, the Northway. I'd lost a lot of oil just in that little bit of driving I had done. I'm glad the oil was leaking all over my garage floor. I mean, I'm not glad it happened, but I'm glad I noticed before I left home. You know what I mean? Sometimes God's just, you're going through something, and God's like, yeah, you don't know this, but I'm saving you from a bigger something that you may not ever know, and you don't ever know what it's for. Sometimes we get into a job and have problems, and you realize that God said, like, yeah, this isn't for you. I got, you need to move. Because there's something bigger coming down the line that you have no clue about. And we just think we're going through a hard time for no reason. So when you have trouble praising God, step back and say this. God, I don't understand, but I trust you. God, I remember that you are God whose love extends beyond the heavens to me. And the Bible says that you will withhold no good thing from me that is good for me. And so God, I trust you. I don't see it, but I trust it. And I praise you for being the God who is above all of this world. I praise you for being the God who raises the poor from the dust. That's these circumstances that I was talking about. I totally neglected it, and I'll finish with this. Whenever you see the poor raised up, God's the one who does that. By the way, government can never solve the poverty problem. Never could, never will. Only God ultimately can do that. Only God, and God is the God who, in verse 9, who gives the barren woman a home. 
makes her the joyous mother of children. That verse is more about providing for the woman who doesn't have someone in that culture to provide for them. The whole point of the home isn't just that she would have children, but as you, as you know, in, in the New Testament, Old Testament, if you, if you were a widow, didn't have kids to take care of you, you were highly at risk. You were below poverty line, relying on others to take care of you. And what the Bible here is saying is that God blesses and He provides the needs of His people and even the woman who has that need. Whenever you see God, whenever you see someone who can't have children, who has those children, this is not a promise that everybody will have children and wants that. We know that. The ravages of sin in this world is just damaged all kinds of things. It's why disease is out there and infertility and COVID and all of the craziness that we live with and such difficult pains of life. But whenever you see the blessing of God coming into somebody's life, that's God who did that. That's God. God is the one who gets credit for all of those good things in our lives. So this morning, as I wrap up, and our team is going to make their way up here in just a minute, I want you to think about the things that you can and should praise God for right now. We're all quick to find the things that we don't like, to criticize in others what we don't like, to be disappointed or depressed in our own life what we don't like. But we ought to think about this morning some things that we do like that we're grateful to God for. I don't know whether that's thinking about something beautiful in creation that you want to remember, maybe a place you went, maybe it's something you've read recently in Scripture, or maybe something you've seen God work in your own life. But this morning, we ought to praise God in our own hearts and respond to Him in that way. And if, if you're sitting there saying, Sean, I... You know, I want to praise God, but I still, God seems so distant to me. Like, I believe in God, but I don't understand this whole surrendering to Jesus thing. Then the next song that our team is, is going to lead us in is meant to be a little bit more of a quieter song for you and I to, to respond to those things that God's speaking to our heart. And if you're at that point where you're trying to understand just what that surrendering to Jesus means, then then all you need to simply do is in your heart say, God, I really do know that I've sinned against you. I know that I've done wrong. And you need to deal with that reality. I don't, I don't like it, God. I'm ashamed of it. I don't want other people to know. But God, I know you know. But God, I also know that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty of that sin. That my sin earned me death, it earned me hell, it earned me separation from you, but I know you sent your son Jesus, and I want him to be in charge of my life. I'm tired of being in charge of it. I've made a mess of it. My life is not where I want it to be, and I realize it's my fault. I want Jesus to be in charge. I, I, I trust him as best as I know how to save me and be my Lord. All you have to do is simply have that conversation with God right where you are in your own heart with Him. And that's the step of surrendering to Jesus, to becoming His child, to where you can then live the rest of your life and praise with Him. But whatever God has spoken to your heart, 
Respond today to him. I'm going to pray. Our team's going to come up. And this is your time to consider and think about these things a little bit further, to respond to God, the God of heaven. Pray with me, would you? Father, I thank you that Jesus is Lord. I thank you that you are worthy of all praise and honor. God, forgive us when we get so distracted in life that we forget that. God, help us to live every day with the right picture, the right frame, where you are the greatest reality above everything, and we are your servants, and your love is toward us. Father, that should dramatically impact the way we go through the day and the way we view everything. Thank you for being the God who, who is there, the God who loves, who cares, for the God of justice and holiness. Thank you for not letting us get away with our own garbage and our own ridiculous things that we think and say and do but you hold us accountable and you love us too much to just let us go far down that road. So Father, this time we commit to you. I pray that you'd help in each person's mind to just to know what they need to thank and praise you for and what steps they need to take in their own heart. I pray this, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus.